Hello fellow Blue Earthers and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm Nora Nesbitt and my guest today is Tom Kay, founder of the clothing brand Finisterre. As an avid sea swimmer and a huge fan of the brand, it was a pleasure to welcome Tom as my guest. We discuss everything from breaking down barriers when it comes to accessing the ocean, the evolution of the brand since it started 20 years ago, plus why he's optimistic humans will take the action needed to save our oceans. Hi Tom, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Very well, thanks for having us on. Yeah, I'm I'm good, thank you, yeah. I thought it would be useful um, for our listeners to understand all of the elements of Finisterre because there are lots of things um, going on with the brand. You had a really successful um, crowdfunder this year that raised 4.6 million with 3,000 investors. And then you've also got the Finisterre Foundation. So for somebody who might just, you know, walk into the shop and think, wow, the shop looks amazing and the product's beautiful. What else is going on behind the scenes? Uh, that's a really good question. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of answers. Um, so yeah, I suppose I'm, 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 I'm the founder of Finnish there. I started the brand, uh, nearly 20 years ago here in Snagnus, where we're located, um, on the clifftop of an old, on site of an old tin mine. And, uh, the brand's always been about, driving change, being innovative, connecting people to the sea, you know, cold water, surfing, all those sort of things and making the best product possible. So yeah, it's always been, and it's, you know, I've been doing it 20 years of my life's work and it still feels like a startup, uh, which is exciting and exhausting at the same time. Uh, I mean, really, we are constantly driving for better as a business, better products, better manufacturing, uh, better as a vehicle. That's, I suppose, that's the kind of, I suppose, the mindset we have as, as a business, as a group of individual, individuals, as a brand with a you know, really strong higher purpose um, that's been there since day one. So with that in mind, there's many areas that we are always driving into as a constant sort of drive uh, to effect change and be better versions of ourselves. So, yeah, with that as a kind of a sort of overview of the brand, I suppose, and what it's like to be here. Okay, so let's start with this year's crowdfunder. How did that even come to be? And what was the need for that crowdfunder? I suppose I should start by saying as, as, a, as a brand, one of, you know, we're really lucky. We have a, a bunch of super uh, loyal and um, dedicated customers that you, we meet everywhere. And it's always great to meet them and hear about the products and their experience, the brand. And they've always been their biggest advocates to help grow the business to what it is today, no doubt about it. And one of the questions I've always asked is, you know, if there's ever a chance for me to invest in Finisterre, please really let me know. And uh, we did it. We've actually done two crowd raises. One was the end of 2019. And that was the first one we did. And for me, that was, I think we hit our target in under half a day or something. And we, we closed in like 10 days with that. And that was super successful. And for me, having grown a business as I have done for, I suppose, 16 or 17 years it was a real validation of my life's work in everyone's belief in the brand and the belief in terms of what we what we could do uh, as a business and the kind of our future so that was a big thing and then the crowd raise you're talking about referring to earlier was running around early this year and we still got a lot of people asking you know, let me be involved we've grown over the pandemic quite a lot in that time and so we got a lot of new customers to ask the same question in our community uh, that want to be part of the brand and so we ran another crowd raise and it was very successful it was actually more successful than the first one in terms of the amount raised over a quicker amount raised and 
number of people that um, came on board. And what I suppose for me, what the most exciting thing was, was a few things. First, the belief in the power of the brand and uh, what we can do and everyone getting on board and behind us. Secondly, um, a lot of the people who, you know, who put in our crowd invested community that put in uh, money. It was, there was a lot of them that put in, you know, it wasn't just like four people putting in huge amounts of money. There was 3,000 people putting in everything from like 100 quid to, you know, upwards of 100 quid, basically. So it was a real um, chance for our community to own part of our future. And so super exciting and really successful. I can't even comprehend what 4.6 million would look like stacked up in cash in a room somewhere. But are you, I mean, are you allowed to tell us where that investment is going? I mean, I'm sure that was sort of part of the tiered investment crowdfunding that it, it said, if you put in this much, you would get that. But can you give any idea of what you're hoping to see in maybe the next five to 10 years with that, with that amount of money? Yes, yeah, it's a great question. I mean, you know, I think there's a few elements to that that are worth unpicking. Um, firstly, crowdfunding that we were doing was we did a, a tiered rewards package based on what you put in and so you know you got discounts you got beanies you got you know roby whatever there's all you know based on what you did there's also equity available for uh, our community so our community owns a chunk of finisterre so that's you know they are they are physical you know shareholders in finisterre which is you know, something we've always talked about and loved the idea of. It was also open to our employees as well. So um, that was also really exciting. And and secondly, there's a, you can probably look at the crowd video that's out, that was out when we did the launch. And it's always been about, uh, you know, I suppose we're based in Snangus here and where the, where the brand has been. And it's very much a spiritual home. There's probably about 70 people on site here, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, there, there was none. So it's a really kind of a thriving kind of community that we're building and employing down here. I guess there's always been the ambition about the brand, you know, being a global brand, it being a brand that could, you know, we were really ambitious about um, where it could go and the change we could bring about and what we could do as a, you know, really committed and bunch of individuals with a passion for the brand and what we're here to do. And so the idea of it, you know, being a global brand and being international has always been there. So to answer your question, in terms of the funding that we've raised there, we are sort of working out a sort of strategic plan now to grow the brand overseas but obviously you know also you know maintain our roots and the importance of, of being where we are today as well in in Cornwall so yeah it's, it's an exciting position for us to be in really I did watch the video it was it was beautifully filmed so well done for the crew who did that yeah I mean I think you know with with those crowd raises the you know the the film and the kind of the seeing the you know the whites the eyes of the people that are um raising the money and hearing their story is, is really powerful so it was, it was great that it resonated so well with the audience are you hoping to um open up another crowdfunder in the next couple of years or do you think the second one will be it no plans to no plans to right now we can talk about the beautiful things the brand probably eventually on this podcast and but there's also like a, you know a financial sustainability economic sustainability that we need to kind of manage the business particularly with the kind of wider uh, economic climate that's going on now so at the minute you know we're kind of betting down to weather that and um yeah make sure um, everyone's okay um, last year on the summit, I seem to remember you sat on a creator or destroyer panel conversation uh, that had quite polarized 
views from very different perspectives um, in the product and sustainability space. I'll say that you admitted um, that, you know, you are creating, which is causing damage. Of course, I say admitted, you're not in trouble, don't worry. Um, and you were kind of talking about how Finisterre is not, you know, fully circular yet. It's not um, fully regenerative. So you just mentioned earlier that you are hoping to go global. So how are you kind of mitigating putting more products out into the world? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I suppose our start point is, as, as I said in that panel, was that you know we we are we are business. We are we we are um, having a negative impact on the on the planet uh, in terms of we're making product you know which has got all you know the connotations of the raw materials, the energy usage, carbon, whatever it is. And so we're very much you know there, there's a negative impact there. But I think you know what gets us out of bed in the morning is to do that in a better way possible. And it was always about being on a journey, which even 20 years now we're still on a journey of learning, of discovery, of growing, of becoming better, and affecting change. And so I think if we can you know show you use the business of brands as an example of how a business of brand should be run and can be run. Meanwhile, getting really good product out that lasts a long time. We have repair service. Uh, we build stuff that really you know lasts for as long as possible um then that's that's kind of what we're here to do um and you know the the b core kind of mantra is about you know uh, growing in the right way um which is embedded in in, in our business we've became become b core for like nearly four and a half years now and recertified uh, last year with an improved score so we're going the right direction um although we're very much on a journey so I guess, you know, with that in mind, if you can have a B Corp that affects change and, you know, inspires people and things that always get me really excited is when you put like a brand event on and often there's no kind of commercial, I suppose, transaction plan there. It's more about doing a store event, putting a bit of content out, telling a story that really kind of gets people fired up to maybe, um, you know, meet people, similar-minded people, change the way that their lives are, go and do stuff they haven't done before. That's the most exciting thing for me that the brand can do. And if we can do that on, a, on an international scale, that, that's exciting. Well, what's your take on what's been happening with Patagonia in the last two weeks? Well, it's awesome. Absolutely amazing. You know, what a great thing to do, you know, like hand over your whole company with one shareholder and um, leading from the front, um, really, you know, putting your existence where you're, where you're, you know, you're really walking the talk. And so I think it's absolutely fantastic. And could you say that Finisterre is sort of not just talking the talk, but walking the walk in most parts of the business? Or have you still got lots of things that you need to improve on? You could say that maybe, you know, what Patagonia have done is like the most, the, the best example of a business walking the talk. So you can't say that we are there as a business in terms of that so far. But I can tell you that everyone in here is... You know, getting out of bed in the morning to go and be better as a, as a business, as individuals, as teams, as a brand, make product, that sort of thing. So there's various levels that, you know, that can just say, like, take wetsuit recycling. We've been looking at that for um, probably six years now. And it isn't, you know, all of these things, you can have the idea and then you can go into business and say, right, we're going to try and make this happen. But it, it's not like, a, you know, it happens in a few weeks. It takes years to develop. So, and do, but you have to kind of commit to doing that. And if you believe that's the right thing to do, this instance we do, and that's what we're committed to doing, we're on a journey to doing that. So, you know, you can sort of 
to answer your question, it's quite hard to say at what point you say, yes, we've walked the talk. You know, what, what is, what is the, the sort of the spectrum of what you're doing that? Your mindset and you live up that mindset and you do what you say you're going to do and you commit to doing it often with no um, initial commercial, you know, like advantage and you go from there. And I think, um, but I also think, you know, these businesses, we are a business, we have to survive. If we don't exist economically as a business, everything just falls down. So I think, you know, you have to talk about the brand sort of vision and values and excitement. And there's also has to be like a sustainable and uh, realistic economic function behind that to allow, you know, they each allow each other to breathe, give each other oxygen. And so you, people need to be aware of that. Yeah. I'm hesitant to call fans of Finisterre consumers because we are first and foremost human beings. But do you think that people who have been buying Finisterre product have changed or as consumers who come into the store who want to buy your merch, do you think how they buy and what they want to buy has changed since the brand has existed? So you took someone that's kind of bought with us from like day one and you still see our product around that you know is 15 plus years old, which is always amazing. It's always interesting chatting with them and seeing how the journey has been. I mean, we, you know, we are we are bigger, obviously. We've got more product range. There's more people, you know, in the business. But you know, I'm still sat at the desk. I'm always pretty much sat at. There's still surfboards by the door. The dog is still there. So the spirit of what I started nearly 20 years ago is it, still is still here. So hopefully that and that's been that that's my kind of role as founder is to make sure I'm a guardian of that spirit and make sure it lives and exists and breathes in the in the brand and the business today every, at every single touch point. So that's kind of first and foremost. And I'd hope that people still felt that when they come into the business now or the brand now. But I guess, you know, people's views on consumption rightly, you know, have become more aware of how things are made, what they're made of, disposable fashion, all the rest of it, you know, thinking more about their consumption habits is on a is going the right direction, still, you know, still still a way to go. Everyone, everyone included. And so I think, um, yeah, but I hope to your point, if someone came into business now, they may be coming in with more of an awareness about that type of consumption and us being a business that was hopefully in tune with that way of thinking than they would have been maybe some time ago. So I suppose the kind of the wider brand context, I feel, has changed. Um, I mean, I've been a fan from the beginning, but I'm a swimmer before I'm a surfer. So in the beginning, I kind of didn't, really feel like I could wear the product but now you've expanded and I do feel like I can wear the product with pride I was gonna say is that you or who one of you guys has got a um a whatsapp profile of someone off swimming under a bridge is that you yeah that's that's the prince of wales bridge in the bristol channel yeah that's me <laughs> uh yeah I was trying to work out I was trying to work out where it was and I was like that looks like a seven crossing and I was it like is, yeah where, who is that and where is the swimming <laughs> to was that so where are you swimming? Where are we now? So that's almost two years ago. I swam from with, I was in a pod, a trio actually, and we swam from yeah. under the Prince of Wales Bridge, um, 20 kilometers down the Bristol Channel to finish on Clevedon Slipway. It was the final swim of the season. Wow, it was fairly amazing. chilly. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Yeah, they looked absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I couldn't work out. I thought it was Bristol first off. And it's like, I didn't, I didn't know that people did that. But um, yeah, what, what an achievement. Congratulations. 
Thank you. Um, I also just wanted to pass on my feedback in terms of um, aesthetic of the store, the appearance and the design. My closest store is on Park Street in Bristol and I always walk into it and I immediately feel like I'm in Cornwall. <laughs> I don't know whether that's because I can smell surfboard wax or it's the wooden floors or it's how friendly the staff are, but I always feel very at home when I walk into a Finisterre store. That's good. I mean, I th- that's great to hear. Thanks. So I think, you know, the the idea of the stores, you know, they, they kind of replicate what we have down here at Wheel Kitty and you can take them and, you know, that you do have, you know, that sort of sensory sort of feeling when you walk into the stores and it's something we work quite closely to, yeah, make people feel at home. We do loads of events in the stores that, you know, people go and, you know, film nights, uh, we've done yoga, you know, whatever. There's loads of sort of, so I think if, if the store can serve as a kind of community sort of place that hopefully makes people feel like you described, then, for me, and you know, one of the best things ever me is when I meet people that have become friends through the store events. So there's people that have, you know, maybe you go and you meet um, some Bristol swimmers, for instance, in um, on Park Street, and then you know you go and do another seven seven crossing, whatever, you know, with them. So I think you know the idea that brand can connect people, you know, in a in a, in a you know, it's a real privilege that a brand can do that, and if people have done that through the store or we've kind of ignited that then for me that that's really exciting and talking of community your sea suit project and the wetsuit project that came out of the Finisterre foundation this year how did that foster community from a grassroots level so uh the Finisterre foundation was set up about just over a year ago sort of summer last year and uh the idea was really it was about um, enabling access to the ocean for all. Being down here, being able-bodied, being male, being white, whatever, uh, that I don't have any any uh, barriers to access the ocean. So I'm really lucky to have that. I can get in the sea whenever I want. It's, it isn't a thing, but it, it became clear. You know, I think you know, the brand's always about connecting people to the sea. And if you can do that, hopefully they, they're better individually, they're better back on land, um, you know, in terms of the life they maybe would lead because they've had this connection so if the brand can kind of inspire that and you know, arouse that connection that's really that's really important but equally we're very aware that not everyone has the opportunity uh, for race religion you know non-binary whatever loads loads of different issues that go into people having barriers to access to the to the ocean to sea so that's what the foundation was set up to do yeah, it's something that's really close to my heart. And it's actually something, looking back on it, I've sort of done inadvertently for quite a long time. I've always taken, you know, friends, kids in the water, you know, surfing, swimming, coast steering, whatever, you know, I'm always doing that. And I've done that for quite a long time. So I suppose that's something that sort of personally is, is very, you know, true to what I do anyway. And so we then want to kind of get a, like a charitable part of the brand set up that, you know, we we can fund and support through like a structure. So it's the CIC, it's the foundation, and the Sea Suit Project and Wetsuit Project were our first two, you know, things that have been funded through the foundation. The Wetsuit Project was I was doing a talk at um, a surf therapy conference, and it was actually an doing a talk, and I was quite nervous because. I do quite a lot of talks about Finisterre, you know, to university, that sort of thing, the founding. I can sort of rattle that off, you know, okay now. But um, I was quite nervous talking to a surf therapy conference because there's some people there doing like phenomenally inspirational things. And it became clear at the end of the talk, the question I was getting, that one of the biggest barriers for entry into the sea is actually wearing a wetsuit. And I just, you know, 
again, to work to your nurse the whole time, hadn't even thought about it. But it is one of the, it's a real barrier. You know, some people have sensory issues. Some people have uh, physical issues getting into it, cultural, religious issues, whatever it is. So the wetsuit project was really about, we launched it last year when Black Friday happened. We call it Blue Friday. And every order over the Black Friday, which is mega kind of commercial frenzy that happens every year from the States, we launched it and we called it Blue Friday. And for every order we got over that period, we, we donated two. We didn't discount. We donated two pounds for every order to uh, the foundation. And with that money we raised, people uh, could write in, they could apply, email in and let us know why they want their wetsuit adapted. And I read out some of them. Uh, I see Tuesday meeting a few weeks ago, or like a few months ago, and it was there wasn't a dry eye in the house. It was people writing in about how you know half their family's in the water, and what their daughter, who's you know eight or whatever, can't get into wetsuits, so and she can't come in. If we could adapt a wetsuit and have a zip in a certain place or whatever it is, then that means that they could all go as a family. And it was it was you know really powerful stuff. The seasick project, yeah, so that that's also equally exciting. That's been it's been a bit of a longer, longer one, that longer sort of um, development. And it, it one of our amazing ambassadors, Eastkey Britain, she had um, it originally it came out of relationships she had with a friend of hers in Iran who wanted as a triathlete and wanted to be able to get in the sea. And for religious reasons, it's hard to do so in terms of you have to be you know covered up. And so the CSIP project was developed with Family University over, I think it was uh, four or five years, quite a long time. And the idea was that it was a suit that we, you could wear over your wetsuit uh, that would, for religious, cultural or body confidence issues, would make people more easy to go in the water. Again, reducing a, a barrier of access into the sea. And we tested it at the Wave in Bristol. Uh, with an amazing group of women that came down from all over the country for body confidence issues about people feeling uh, uncomfortable getting into a wetsuit. It was an amazing thing. And uh, through the foundation, it was buy one, give one. So you bought one and then the foundation, we get one as well that we can, we can give out. So again, it was hopefully helping to reduce a, a barrier of entry um, into, the, into the sea. Yeah, so all into the water. So yeah, really, really, really powerful and exciting and a privilege for us to be able to use the brand to to break down those barriers. So this year, Finisterre is a brand partner of the Blue Earth Summit. And how are you involved with us? Yeah, so set the context a bit. You know, I suppose the the brands always we always try to be a business and ocean activist as a brand, and there's been. More of that happening in the last two or three years. So I think we probably just talked about the business a bit. And now in terms of the brand and ocean, um, it really came, we sort of did a great event actually nearly two years ago now with uh, C7, or it was last year in fact, when um, when G7 was done in Cornwall, we were on C7. The idea was we would gather the great and good of, of the ocean community, talk about the seven key issues facing the oceans today sort of play on G7 while they're down in Cornwall talking about who knows what. We were sort of using the brand to really sort of facilitate and bring together these great minds. And it was, a, as, you know, it was a available thing to listen into. We had lonely people listening. And the idea was it sort of inspired the activists in, in us all. And some people's, you know, the whole thing with activism is a very personal, personal take on what is an activist. You know, in my view of activism might be different to yours. Some people go and, you know, jump on Sea Shepherd for like six months a year. Some people, that's not possibility. So, you know, what's your, you know, getting involved in the local community or whatever it is? What's your view of activism? So the idea was it's sort of like making sure that it isn't a sort of scary thing to go into and encourage them and encourage us to be brave. 
and the activists to kind of come out in all of us. So that was um, C7. And that, that and the, old, the idea was just like a one-off. It's like I have a legacy to it in terms of we do, we've done workshops since then. We have toolkits, masterclasses, all that sort of thing, all about kind of education, understanding about what we need to do to protect the ocean space. And so, you know, we've been driving that for a while now as a brand. So to be at Blue Earth and to be able to host a panel under Finister C7 um, kind of umbrella. So Dan Burgess is uh, from Spaceship Earth is uh, hosting it. Who's an amazing, amazing host. Got great energy, great insight, great knowledge around the subject. And he ran C7 for us pretty much and kept it going for a long time. And so he's going to be hosting a panel. I won't say who's on the panel, but it's like amazing minds to talk about it. And the question they're going to ask is, um, can the oceans ever be healthy? So very proud to be at Blue Earth, very proud to be um, with Finisterre C7 supporting this panel and can't wait to be there and hear what they've got to say. So it seems like Finisterre is sort of evolving into a multi-surface, multi-service brand. Do you ever think that Finisterre will be putting out less products and delivering more services like you're already doing, like the foundation, like the C7 Summit, where you actually put out less product because there's so much Finisterre product circulating that actually the value then maybe in 10, 15 years in Finisterre isn't product anymore. It's well-being services, more surf lessons, a surf school on every beach, uh, open water swim school on every beach. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think the, you know the, the brand being a sort of connector of, of people, I think is, I love that. I've always loved that idea. My point earlier, there has to be, you know, we are business. You know, there has to be kind of financial, you know, and often they talk about, you know, sustainability, which is questionable from a business point of view, anyway, because there's, there's you know, the sustainable business is, is I question that, but probably another conversation. But, but there has to be, you know, financial stability in a business for it to exist and breathe and, you know, pay wages and rents and all the things necessary to be a, to be a business uh, and buy product and sell products. So you have to have, you know, you have to have some source of income. So to answer your question, I, I don't see us necessarily having a surf school on every beach, no. My final question uh, to you today, Tom, is um, your talk is, well, the panel will be, can the ocean be healthier than we've ever known? And in your time living down in Cornwall and being a surfer, how healthy do you think our oceans are right now? Uh, not very, you know, not very at all. And it, I guess it's hard to know which, you know, there's so many different elements to I aim at in terms of that answer that question. I guess for, in, my, in my journey to date, it's been more of a, you know, a journey of, probably just awareness and raising the problem and hopefully now that enough people know about the problem to be able to make the changes needing to happen so and I suppose I'm a kind of like what I call a realistic optimist in terms of I'm realistic about the issues that the ocean faces and what we need to do to change it and alter those and you know radically as soon as possible but I'm also a believer in the kind of resilience of the human spirit to be able to get on and make those changes and you know do do what is necessary so yeah uh, but it, it you know it needs our help and I'm seeing you know some changes but it's not like a, a U-turn of the tank necessarily um, so that's kind of what we're fighting for. Earth Summit is happening from the 11th to the 13th of October 2022 in the great city of Bristol. 
We believe in the power of the outdoors to improve our health and further establish purpose-led business. Register your interest at blueearthsummit.com.